This is Courage Cast. Faith, inspiration, and motivation for today. Well, hey, everybody. This is Eric and Jeremy. Jeremy, say hi. What's going on? And we are... (laughs) That's all right. That's all right. That's good. And we're on a walk and talk. We are continuing our conversation uh, that we started yesterday on yesterday's episode of Courage Cast. Jeremy is an author and a speaker. He has a book called The Gospel According to Chubby. By the way, we didn't get a chance to talk about your the um, website, but what's your website so people can find you? Yeah, it's jeremyrochford.com. How do you spell that? J- Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y, last name, R-O-C-H-F-O-R-D. I'm easily Googleable. Mm-hmm. The only other Jeremy Rochford, which this is actually pretty funny, the only other Jeremy Rochford that Google picks up is a track star from Indiana University. How appropriate. And so when people Google me, like in this, <laughs> this happened during the transition from MySpace to Facebook. Old friends would find me on Facebook and they'd be like, I can't believe you lost all that weight and went on to be like a D2 track athlete. That's amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to disappoint you. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, that's funny. I, I've got to uh, I've got to look that up. I'm going to look him up and see what he looks like. All right. So, Jeremy, let's continue the story. Where we left off yesterday was you had come to the realization that you were overweight and you were the part you were a big part of the problem okay you took responsibility for not being able to fit into uh your number 22 race car in wildwood new jersey and uh uh, it was it was horrible experience for you and that was the the uh, turning point the pivot point for you to finally make a change and you started uh, counting your calories being aware of what you're eating every day uh, you kept it to 2,000 a day for two to three weeks and uh, just water and then you lost 30 pounds in the first month so let's continue the story from right there okay picking that up it it truly and this is where it gets very unexciting okay because minus plateaus, when you find something that works, the best thing to do is just to execute. Mm-hmm. And so having lost 30 pounds the first month is like, wow, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. It was over the summer, though, however, mm-hmm. and it did cause some challenges because school was going to be upon us. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things... So you were entering your senior year? I was entering my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And so what I did was I took the same... I don't want to say creativity, but I took the same mentality and created my own weight loss program based around 2,000 calories a day. And what I find is like when you, and any musicians out there may understand this, like if you've ever taught yourself how to play an instrument and then went back and learned theory and then you're like, oh, that's why that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh-huh. Kind of the same way. You know, I took the, the, I took the 2,000 calories and I kind of broke it up over a period of four or five Offerings, which is the theory behind eating small meals a day. Mm-hmm. And so basically what I did is, you know, fruits and vegetables and water for breakfast. For lunch, I would pack a sandwich and graham crackers uh, for dinner. And it would depend because this, this was whenever Wendy's had just launched the 99-cent menu. Right. And so what I would do is just over the bridge from where I lived was a Wendy's. I'd go buy five of the 99-cent salads have them for the day mm-hmm. and if you all week long all week long mm-hmm. and so just very resourceful of you well you know it's it's one of those things where 
when you take time, and it comes back to what we talked about last last session, which was if you get out of the mindset of what I can't do and you get in the mindset of what can I do, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, so many things become possible. Right. And so, and also with this mentality, I never really felt neglected because I feel, and this is just me, and I, I know a lot of people love to do this, but okay. It's one of my pet peeves when people like to tag things for the sake of making them cute, like mm-hmm. a cheat day. People are like, I'm having a cheat day. I'm like, who are you cheating? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if you want to have success, why put another day barrier between you? Now, if you're an adult and you want to have cheesecake, man, have some cheesecake. Mm-hmm. But when you use words like cheating, it becomes dark. It becomes secretive. Right. Why don't you be like, you know what? I ran a 5K. Let's have a cheesecake. Mm-hmm. And so for me... I never felt neglected because if I wanted to have a cookie, I could have a cookie. Mm-hmm. But I also had that look at that cookie in the eye and be like, you know what? You're literally 500 calories of no nutrition. Mm-hmm. Like, you serve me no purpose. Right. I've given you 25% of my day. Do you find that you yell at your food like that? I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other issue I'm we've got to talk angry. about, Jeremy. Yeah. My, well, I have a friend who's a comedian. He, he <laughs> named his album Angry Sandwich, and I think that's why we bonded. <laughs> I'm like, ah, I'm holding an angry sandwich. And it's like, it's probably angry because you're yelling at it. Right. <laughs> exactly. But anyways. No. <laughs> but but that's, if, if there's one overlying or maybe underlying principle about, about my whole journey, it was shaking off the victim mentality and becoming the victor. Just reclaiming my life and, and making my food work for me. Mm-hmm. Whether it comes out in an angry sandwich or... Maybe a, a not so angry salad. Right. And so, basically, took that entire senior year. What would be an angry salad? I mean, what what could really be angry about a salad? Is it kale? <laughs> Is it nuts in the salad? Well, I, you know, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna give a, I'm, I'm gonna use the angry sandwich as a, as a baseline. So, my friend Johnny W. He's a Christian comedian. He talks about uh, Chick Fil A because what Christian comedian doesn't talk about Chick Fil A? Absolutely. And he talked about how. Uh, Chick-fil-A introduced the new chicken, egg, and biscuit breakfast sandwich. And he's like, you're taking out mama and papa and baby all in one sandwich? Like, you're executing the entire bloodline for breakfast. That's an angry sandwich. (laughs) So I guess if you had a salad with chicken, Mm -hmm. hard-boiled eggs, Mm -hmm. and some other... Uh, uh, formation of chicken, mm-hmm. you know, like that would be an angry sandwich. It would be angry. It's the yeah. most delicious funeral ever. Okay, okay. So right. I get it. I get it. All right. So I'm sorry. <laughs> we did a rabbit trail there. I couldn't help myself. Go ahead, Jeremy. Yeah, that happens. Mm-hmm. And so, really, just taking this mentality into school, because because really, when you're for me, lunch was the only thing I had to control. Right. So, of the four to five times I was eating a day, I really only had. 20% that was really unpredictable. Right. And so I did my best to mitigate the unpredictability. Mm-hmm. I just knew that every day I was going to have this and this and this, and that was okay. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, knocked out like 100, they literally lost like 120 pounds in about nine months. Wow. So that whole school year. That whole school year. You lost 120 pounds from your senior picture. Yeah. And actually, probably your senior picture. I, I had to have senior pictures taken over again. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'll try to find those. I've got them in the in the doldrums of the safe. So if I can get those to you. You should put them together. Well, yeah. I would love to see them. I can, I can, I can, I can do that. Okay. Yeah. I got, uh, well, well, when the kids give me time to do things like that, I'll tell you, get that ready for you. Okay. But yeah, I had to take senior pictures over again. Mm-hmm. And out of principle, I found the same outfit. That's <laughs> so awesome. It's, it's totally awesome. Mm-hmm. And I went to college and it so was... So you were 120 pounds 
lighter. So you went from 320 about to what, 200? Yeah, we were, we were, we were flirting with 200. And how tall are you? I'm about six foot. So you're six foot, 200. That doesn't seem, that's like my size. Well, and what, what makes it crazier and what makes it, I don't want to say less quantifiable, but when I got to college is when I started lifting and weight, I mean, muscle does weigh more than fat. Yeah. So you could lose what would look like 20 pounds of fat, mm -hmm. still be at 200, mm -hmm. but start cutting up. Right. And that was one of the things that I had to do. I was fortunate that, you know, as soon as I lost the weight, I started, you know, majority of my weight loss in terms of exercise was strictly cardio. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I got to college, I started weightlifting and I was glad I did it that time because that helped bring back some of the skin, mm -hmm. helped tone up some of the muscle. And so we got down to about 200 or so and we kept flirting. Like we would go down a little bit to like the 180s, 170s and go back up mm -hmm. because of weightlifting. Mm -hmm. But we went to college and we, I, yeah, I'm Once starting to wonder who the we is now. You know, I always say we because when I talk about weight loss and vision and wanting to help others, I don't feel like I'm alone. Mm -hmm. I feel like I share my struggles with other people. Right. And I feel that while I've accomplished something special, mm -hmm. I'm not that special. Mm -hmm. And I hate to be that guy who's like, if I can do it, you can do it. But my gosh, really, if I can do it, mm -hmm. anyone can do it. Right. And so I like to use the word we a lot because I don't feel like I'm the only one who struggles. Right. We're, I don't going, along, like, you're, we're going along with the story here. Yeah. So anyways, I, and, and so kind of going back to that. So when uh, I went to college and... As you'll see when I introduce my wife, then that will lead some more credibility to the we. But so I went to college, and it was like winning the social lottery, mm. because when you go to college, you get to start a do-over. You, you get a do-over, and this was like the ultimate do-over, mm -hmm. because I could paint whatever narrative I want, and it was amazing. I played college hockey for a year or two, but the challenge is I also took my started taking my faith seriously, mm -hmm. and once the weight had come off, it gave me a lot of confidence to get on stage. Mm -hmm. I played guitar for a little bit. But this finally gave me the confidence to do it more. And so I started leading worship and started taking more musical gigs. And it just seemed like all of the great things I did to lose the weight became secondary. Mm. And so a lot of the maintenance started to wane. Mm -hmm. And you, you start having that, that, you start believing the hype. Like, you got this. Like, like, I got this. I got this. Like, I had to change all that to lose the weight. Now I can just go back to normal because mm -hmm. if I gain 10 pounds back, so what? Mm -hmm. If I gain 20 pounds back, so what? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you get to 30 pounds and you're like, hey, you know what though? I never wanted to be a medium anyways. So I'm more comfortable <laughs> with the large. Uh -huh. And so within the span though, literally of about two years, I gained back every single pound and more. What do you mean? I, I gained it all back. What? To what What pound were you? I... What poundage were you in, in we, two to three years? We got we got college. to like 360, and honestly, I stopped counting. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? I, yeah, no. You, you didn't know this? No. Yeah, well, Jeremy, I, well, I guess Chubby ends at college. I haven't, right. gotten that, uh, I haven't gotten that. Sorry. Far That's in the second book. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to drop that bomb on you. Whoa! Yeah, uh, no, but that's 100% seriously. So, you know, I played hockey a majority of my youth, and it's probably the one thing that literally kept me from dying, because mm. I got that big while playing hockey. Wow. I would always break skates. Mm -hmm. Like, they would literally break, the rivets would come out from the weight. Wow. So I'd have to buy new skates every couple months. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm from Pittsburgh, and that was a little new yogurt era. How do you right. not? Right, right. But yeah, so went to college, met my wife, got very comfortable. She is from an Italian family, so their love Pasta. language is cooking. And right. 
you know, between that and trying to explore being a musician and believing my own hype, I literally gained every single pound back. Incredible. And it was such... How, how did mean, you feel at that point? I mean, when did you, when did you kind of wake up from, from that? Well, I, I, I got another smack in the face. It, okay. It was, it was pretty intense. So we were in a secular college, but we were still, you know, like, so when you, <laughs> when you're on, in, in, a, in a Christian group who does music and you look like the girl who ate the thing to become the grape from Willy Wonka, right. you kind of stick out. Mm-hmm. And uh, when our leadership house was actually right next to uh, sort of the, the co-op of the rugby lacrosse team. And so they'd always invite us over for bonfires, and they'd always have parties. And it was super cool, because I, I had guitar, so it'd be like, I'd just go over and play some Sublime or some John Mayer, and, you know, really super fun time. But, you know, the way we would serve them is we'd always make sure that, you know, we'd clean up their messes, we'd make sure if they threw up that we'd just try to keep them sane, we'd try to keep them hydrated. And we never really tried to preach to them. We tried to do it more through our actions, um, but the conversation always opens up, like, hey, why aren't you drinking? Mm-hmm. Hey, I see you're doing this, why are you doing this? And it was a really great opportunity for us to share our faith. Well, you know, at, at my absolute largest, it always seems like it's going into senior year. Because I'm, I'm one of those special people who can fit uh, four years of college into five. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so going into... Uh, your fifth to, to, yeah, year. Going into... Uh, Your second senior year. Exactly. <laughs> right after my third year. Uh, third and a half year. Still not good with math. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Yeah, so... Well, you're good with calorie counting. <laughs> yeah. I'm good with it when it matters to me. I was at the mess hall. And the mess hall... The, 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 it was called Gallagher. And it was Gag for short, which is the perfect cafeteria name. Mm-hmm. And I went up to the buffet, because that's what Gallagher was. And it was probably my third time. And... You know, the, the captain of the team from next door came over. And as genuine as can be, he's like, you know, dude, I, I don't want to start trouble, but this is your third time to the buffet. And you're coming over to our parties and you're talking to my guys about how maybe there's a better way to control their alcohol tendencies or maybe there's a better way to control Ooh. how they treat women. And, like, this is your third time going to the buffet. Like, if... If your God can't save you from that situation, then maybe you shouldn't be talking to my guys about theirs. Wow. Drop the mic. I know. And it's like, because what do you, I mean, what do you say? What did you say? It it was, yeah. I mean, because it's it's one of those moments where in my life, I I had been, and I still struggle with it sometimes, like it's really good to compart, not really good, but I think we really developed some of these tendencies to compartmentalize our faith. Sure. And at that point, I was really good at giving my finances and my studies and my purity to God. But for some reason, whether it was subconsciously or consciously, I wasn't able to give food Mm -hmm. and the pursuit of weight loss or even wellness to God. Mm -hmm. And this was the moment where I had to say, wow, why? So what's interesting about this is the first time you did it, you did it on your own strength. Mm-hmm. Now, you realize you can't do it on your own strength. And yeah, this is, this is the awareness time, right? This was the moment where I said, all right, we did it off of emotion last time. Yeah. We did it for the pursuit of sexiness. Mm-hmm. But what would it look like if I actually made my health and wellness an act of worship? 
mm-hmm. and let everything else fall as it may. Right. And I did. Mm-hmm. And that allowed me to, again, I went back to the same science because the science was the same. Right. The application was the same. Mm-hmm. But this time the mentality was different. The stabilizing factor was different. And more importantly, the reason why I got up to pursue it every morning was different. Yeah. This time, yes, calories mattered. Yes, the scale mattered. Yes, metrics mattered. But how I felt about it became completely separate. Mm. And it became a, am I pursuing holiness? And if the answer is yes, then this is all good. Mm -hmm. And if the answer is no, then we have to start asking, why am I not pursuing holiness over anything else? Mm -hmm. And that made a lot of the decision process a lot easier. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at the times where you don't want to wake up and you don't want to exercise and you're like... Is this the holiest thing? Well, mm. let's make a flow chart from it mentally. <laughs> Why do I not want to do it? Because I'm lazy. Okay, probably not the holiest thing. Right, right. And quite often, you know, it comes down to, and, you know, we'll get into this later, but quite often when you look at how people lose weight, it's the simple things that people don't know to do. So for me, one of the five most overlooked important priorities when it comes to weight loss is time management. Yes. You know, it it, mm. it blows my mind how 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 often people say, you know, I want to do this, I just don't have the time to do this. Mm-hmm. And my very next response is, I understand. Let's pull out a chart. You've got 24 hours in a day. You're sleeping for eight. You're working for eight. You've got eight hours left. Right. And you start claiming every hour, and all of a sudden you see that the people who don't have time, mm-hmm. they tend to have an extra two to four hours a day mm-hmm. that they're either eBaying or they're Netflixing or they're Facebooking. Right. And all of a sudden when you can show people, well, no, no, you, you do have the time mm-hmm. to go shopping. You do have the time to get exercise. Mm-hmm. It, but they it, have to see it for themselves they have when to see they start looking at their calendar. And when you in bring it, not only that, but whenever you're looking through the lens of Christ, you're no longer looking at it through the lens of judgment. Like, see, Eric, you have the time. Mm-hmm. You're looking at it through the lens of, you have the time. If God gave you four hours in a day and you know you could use that to better your life, mm-hmm. or you could use it to stay in neutral, what do you think would honor God more? Right. All of a sudden, the guilt and the shame of that goes away and you're like, yeah, you know what, maybe I should use an hour. Or, I'm a huge multitasker. I love to go for runs and pray. Boom. Like to, to walk and do a podcast. To walk and do a podcast. You know what? Go to the gym, mm-hmm. watch Netflix, and get cardio. Right, right. You know, cardio is not the devil and it's a whole lot better than sitting on your couch doing nothing. Right, exactly. And so for me, once again, it all comes back to what's possible. Mm-hmm. You know? And here's a fun fact. Typical gym membership, $35 a month. Right. Cable cost cable, $99 a month. Mm-hmm. I've never been to a gym that didn't have cable. Yep. Boom. It's cheaper to join the gym than to get cable, Eric. <laughs> we are breaking the internet. <laughs> but so many people look at what they can do rather than what they can do. Right. I love the fact that we're walking and there's all yeah. these people doing construction and mowing the lawn and barking dogs. Well, that way you know it's authentic. That yes. way you're like, does Jeremy really walk that much? Right. Yes. Right. Look. Yep, I've got some nice ground crew doing Absolutely. their their ground crewing. Yep, and I'm about to fall off. Sorry, nope, made it. That. No, Sorry. hey, it's good. Um, okay, so <laughs> so you had a different meaning and purpose behind what you were doing, which was you were pursuing holiness. I was pursuing my act. I was pursuing my wellness as an act of worship as rather an than act an act of, of vanity. Yeah, and holiness was always the fulcrum and the lens at which I looked at it mm-hmm. through. And that has sort of, not only has it worked from a scientific standpoint, 
and that you know I lost the weight. This time it took a lot longer. Well, I don't say a lot longer, but it took about five years mm. to you know same thing. You know, it was a big jump. It, it seemed like once we got to two hundred, like that only took about a year or so. Okay, but uh, the biggest challenge for me, honestly, was when this when this entire process started. Like the entire process started. 188 was the doctor recommended weight for for me, mm-hmm. and my my wife, who I met when I was at my thinnest, mm-hmm. but then also saw me evolve into my largest. Mm-hmm. She likes my booty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She just she's like, mm, I love it, <laughs> and I would. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna pull just that quote. I'm gonna pull just that quote, and that's how we're gonna start the podcast. <laughs> she likes my booty. Mm, I love it. That's exactly and how it's so, gonna start. And so when I'd get down to like 188, a it was a whole lot of effort to stay yep. there and maintain there. But b she'd be like, "Your boot, like you, you look got like, nothing. You look like an emo kid, dude. Right. Like where's that booty? Right? Like you, you, you may not be sad, but I'm sad uh-huh. because there's nothing. I can't. Nothing where to, to go? Try. Yeah. Nothing you know, right. for better or for worse, this is worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So as a loving husband, I had to kind of dissect, like, yes, at, <laughs> at that time, 188, but I think sometimes we get so fixated on numbers. Right. I think that's one of the problems with what we would call diet culture today, is if you're not at this certain number, then you're a failure. Mm. And, I, and I just think that's a completely skewed view. You know, it's like, <laughs> being from Pittsburgh college football isn't that important but when you move to the south oh my gosh college football is so important sure and they have these rankings which are just like they just make them up right like like unless you're alabama and you're winning every game everyone else is a crapshoot it's right. like well you've lost two times but that team didn't really matter so you're the second best team even though that team only lost once to the third and you're like mm-hmm. what what rhythms are you making up right right and it's the same thing with weight quite often these these metrics that people just live and die by are so damaging. It's legalism, isn't it? It is, and that's actually a really great segue to kind of my mentality. So, I call it the prodigal waistline. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the working title of the second book. It's actually how we kind of met. Is you know doing the small group study of the prodigal waistline. Mm-hmm. I it, it's named after the obviously the prodigal son story. Mm-hmm. And just a recap, or we'll we'll just use the prodigal son story according to Jeremy. Mm-hmm. This is the JIV version. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ultimately, it boils down to it's a story of two completely different people. Mm. You know, you have Prodigal One, who just goes crazy. He has Las Vegas calories. Like, you know, it's Christmas. These calories don't matter. Mm -hmm. And totally wayward. And then you have son number two, who's like, no, we must do this. This has to be done this. And there's dust on the cups. And if I'm not doing CrossFit every day, I'm going to die. Right. And the way the prodigal son story basically ends is neither son has it right. And the only way to find the balance between the two is to seek the father. And I feel it's the same way with weight loss. You know, there are days where, man, if you just want to have a steak, dude, steak it up. If you want to have a potato, if you want to have bread, do it. But there's also days where you're going to go, you know what? I've literally had dessert three days straight. And not just good desserts but like not good desserts Mm -hmm. and so you've got to find that balance of where do i have peace where where does this all make sense where Where am i at peace with my father and and that's why that's why i love that's why i call the prodigal waistline that's why i call my process and my approach to prodigal waistline because i feel it's balanced Mm -hmm. we don't go too far to one extreme we don't go too far to the other extreme and always look at it through the eyes of holiness. Mm-hmm. Because I think when you seek holiness, you get entirely different answers to questions. You know, because 
especially, you know, weight loss culture is very similar to the church. It's always about, well, what can I do? What can't I do? But much like the church... Or religion. It, or, or religion. And, but, you know, there's a lot of... I don't want to say gray area, but there's a lot of, like, tattoos or alcohol. Mm-hmm. There are definitely theologies that say you can, you can't. But the definitive theology is, who's it going to make stumble? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same way. When you look at wellness through the holy aspect, you know, if... Thank you. If you look at it through, well... Why am I? Why am I? Why am I doing dessert? And I always like to use dessert because, really, for a majority, if not all, situations, dessert is a useless calorie. Right. Sorry, it's great mm-hmm. and it looks good and it tastes amazing, mm-hmm. but it really accomplishes very little. And when you start looking at desserts through the lens of holiness, you get an entirely different answer. Mm. You know, should I have dessert today? I don't know. Why are you having dessert? Well, because it's been a tough day and I feel I deserve it. Well, that may be true, but are you making dessert your idol or are you going to God with what made today difficult? Mm -hmm. You start answering, you start asking that question, things start playing out Mm. a little differently. Mm. And so for me, this mentality that started in college not only allowed me to lose the weight, but it's also allowed me to keep it off for the past 13 years. Uh And I feel like now is the time where I want to start sharing what I've learned with, with other people. I felt like, you know, because people always ask me, like you, like, you, like, you went on this journey over a decade ago, like, why now? Mm-hmm. And I feel like I had to legitimize it, because I would wager to say that every single person who wants to lose weight has lost weight. Mm-hmm. But a majority of people who have lost weight have gained it back. Mm-hmm. So just straight taking the emotion out and looking at the facts, people don't struggle losing weight. People struggle to keep it off. Mm-hmm. And being able to keep it off for 13 years, I feel, is what sets my process and my mentality apart because it's actually solving the problem. Right. It's allowing you to walk away from the situation rather than to run away from it. Mm-hmm. It's taking the mentality of, how do I look at this logically long-term? Mm. Mm. Okay. So so that is uh, probably a good pl- we're going to do three parts here by the way. Is that okay with you? Yeah. Um so that is a that is a, a really good stopping point I think. Um and uh, so everybody Jeremy Rochford R O C H F O R D.com is uh, where you can learn more about Jeremy uh, and hear his story, uh, get his books. Um, I think uh, I think this is vital. I, I hope it's speaking to you guys. I hope it's speaking to uh, the audience here. If you have anybody that you think would benefit from this, please share it. Please share uh, Jeremy's story um, with them uh, because I think we we all we all wrestle as we get older with with weight and. Um, how it how it makes us feel, how it makes us look, and uh, it's very revealing once we start to break it down and get dogs barked at us. Uh, so that's uh, that's a good place to stop. We're going to talk tomorrow about. I want to talk about your your daily routine. I want to talk about maybe those five things that you said are the top yeah. priorities, uh, and then kind of how you you recommend approaching your day, your week, your month your life. Sure. All right. Well, that's it for, for us today. Uh, I'm Eric Nordoff and you're listening to Courage Cast. Courage Cast.